members of the media, please remember, be reminded that this is a uh, is also live on the same uh, on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. It's delayed for broadcast on Parliament and TV. Uh, Parliament TV and published on IONO. I am in a, uh, a place as I was still out of constituency work, so uh, I've managed to log in. If you do hear a little sound uh, here and there at the back, in the background, please excuse me for that. Um, honorable member, so uh, this is a meeting of the Portfolio Committee on Health of the National Assembly. Ms. Vajalamba, if you can just give us attendance and apologies, please. Good morning and thank you, Chair. Present is Dr. Jacobs, Mr. Munyai, Ms. Kela, Mr. Sokacha, Dr. Hubbard, Mr. Suela, Ms. Clark, Ms. Wilson, Ms. Ishmael, Dr. Tembe Bwayo, Ms. Lengwa, Mr. Van Staden, Ms. Sukers, and Mr. Imam Sheikh, I've, I've received an apology from Ms. Shiro. Thanks, Chair. Thank you very much. I'm also going to allow the uh, parliamentary liaison officer, Mr. Joe Hatler, to uh, introduce any members of uh, the ministry or the department who are present on our meeting. Yes, um, good morning. Good morning, honorable chair, honorable members, and, and colleagues. Um, from the department, uh, we have uh, the, the team led by Mr. Rampelani Murewane, who is the acting DDG for primary healthcare. And uh, he's joined by uh, Dr. Makua uh, and uh, Ms. Mukaba as well, uh, who are the chief director and the director on maternal uh, respectively. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Uh, honorable members, we are going to receive a presentation from the Commission for Gender Equality, and I will be introducing them to yourself soon. I just need to remind you that this is a meeting that is deemed to be in the precinct of Parliament and therefore constitutes a meeting of a committee of the National Assembly for official purposes only. In addition to the rules of virtual sittings, the rules of the National Assembly, including the rules of debate, apply. Members enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Assembly. Members should equally note that anything said in the virtual platform is deemed to have been said to the House and may be ruled upon. All members who have logged in shall be considered to be present and are requested to mute the microphones and only unmute when recognized to speak. This is because the microphones are very sensitive and will pick up noise, which might disturb the attention of other members. When recognized to speak, please unmute your microphone and connect your video. Members may make use of the icons on the bar at the bottom of the screens, which has an option that allows the member to put up his or her hand to raise points of order. The secretariat will uh, assist in alerting the chairperson to... Uh, members requesting to speak, and when using the virtual system, members are urged to refrain or desist from unnecessary points of order. 
We are also looking forward to the presentation from the Commission for Gender Equality. There will be two presentations from them, and I'm going to uh, receive, we're going to receive the presentations uh, in the entirety first before we will uh, allow opportunity for any discussions. So the uh, CGE chair will lead the delegation, Mr. Mara Matabula, and she will be joined by the CEO, Ms. Jamela Robertson. And honorable members, should I do, should I, for one or other reason, have a connectivity problem, I will ask uh, honorable uh, Munyai to, to take over at that point in time and continue the meeting. Uh, I'm hoping not to have such a challenge. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Matabula. You are very welcome to this meeting yourself and your entire team. We look forward to your presentation. And if you can please uh, introduce yourself and also your, your team, and then carry on with your presentation. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, um, and uh, greetings to you, Honourable Chairperson, um, Honourable Whip, and members of the Portfolio Committee on Health. Um, I just want to, on behalf of the Commission for Gender Equality, appreciate the invite uh, by the Portfolio Committee this morning uh, to come and present um, our uh, work, uh, which um, uh, includes the work that we have done uh, with uh, our research team and our legal uh, team in terms of investigating, um, you know, the shelters uh, in the country. Um, this morning, we will be presenting two reports, uh, Honorable Chair, and I would invite uh, the CEO um, to um, uh, do the honors and do the uh, presentations of our reports. I am joined by uh, commissioners um, as well as the CEO. Um, and once the CEO has done the presentation, we will be happy to take questions, comments, and any clarity-seeking questions, Chairperson. Thank you very much. Without waste of time, I will hand over to our CEO, Ms. Jamela Robertson, uh, to do the presentations uh, on our reports uh, before this portfolio committee. Thank you, Chair. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, thank you, Chair. Good morning, Honorable Chair of the Portfolio Committee, Honorable Members, uh, and my commissioners and colleagues. Um, I just want to check if the presentation is beaming. Yes, it is. You could possibly just put in a thank you very much. You're very welcome to continue. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Um, the, this study, perhaps before I continue, just to preamble, uh, that the study was conducted in the financial year 2018-19, and we have since done two follow-up investigations in 2019-20, and the latest uh, being 2020-21 which was published last year in March. So what we are presenting here, there have been development, but uh, obviously we present what we found in the beginning uh, when this investigation 
uh, was conducted by the commission. Uh, this slide is just an introduction in terms of our establishment as a chapter nine institution, uh, chapter nine of the constitution. And here um, we're just indicating that the, the, the study was triggered by a complaint that was brought to the CGE in terms of some of the what was regarded as inadequate and misaligned funding of the shelters. So we received this complaint and then it, 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 it triggered this study. And as we were uh, investigating, we called uh, the departments as listed here uh, to make recommendations to them in terms of how to improve the situation as it was uh, uh, reported to us, mainly in terms of unequal funding uh, of shelters across the country. So the, 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 the heads of the departments of social de development provincially were invited uh, uh, to respond to to the questions that were posed to them based on the complaint. The director general as well, uh, uh, National was, um, was also invited as well as the director general of the Department of Human Settlement. And basically this was, you can call it a fact finding mission following uh, the, the complaint that came to, to, to the commission. <clears throat> so, as such, we held uh, the, the investigative hearings in December 2019, and uh, we the following institutions were part of the hearing, uh, including those that I have also mentioned, but also the Department of Public Works and Infrastructure, the South African Police, the Department of Health, the Department of Human Settlement, the Department of Safety in Houting, National Treasury, the Department of Labor, the Department of Women, Youth, and Persons with Disabilities, and uh, the, the lastly are the main departments that I have indicated earlier, the National DSD and the heads of the nine uh, provinces of DSD departments. So some of the key findings from these engagements included that uh, we, we, we found as the commission that the provinces applied inconsistent budget allocation, administration, and minimum standards requirements for shelters. So these, these were not standardized, and they resulted in many discrepancies, uh, which led to some shelters feeling that they were marginalized, hence they, they came to the commission uh, for assistance. And uh, we found also that there was no clear criteria used to determine if a shelter is adequately resourced, uh, spe specifically shelters that were run by uh, uh, non-governmental uh, organizations. We also found that uh, the sexual harassment policies were not part of the set policies needed for funding. Uh, and and we, we, we thought this is a uh, a bit serious because survivors uh, who end up in shelters are, are generally vulnerable uh, 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 to sexual harassment, even within the, uh, the shelters. Uh, so we, we felt that these should have been a part of the package that are funded uh, for this to be for these policies to be uh, established and implemented. Honorable Chair, you will note that I will be taking short pauses just to sip water.
Another concern that we had uh, is that we found that uh, male children over 10 years were often neglected in the shelters or some were not accommodated, uh, which now contravenes the Children's Act, uh, which defines a child irrespective of sex or gender. So when we find that children over the age of 10 were not uh, uh, admitted in some of the, sh- uh, the shelters, that was of concern to us because obviously we feel they, f- they need protection uh, as much as uh, their parents who are, 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 are being admitted to the shelter. Uh, we found that there was a lack of minimum standards provided, uh, providing for the needs of persons with disabilities and, and, and LGBTIQA plus communities uh, and accredited skills development programs uh, uh, for survivors at the shelters. Uh, and again, uh, honorable chair and honorable members, I guess I tend to emphasize uh, when we make pros- uh, presentations almost in every investigation or research study that we make, uh, we find that overall, when you uh, look at gender inequalities, persons with disabilities and people and and, and LGBTIQA plus communities tend to be right at the bottom of the scale in terms of access to services. So we the, the, this in this investigation, uh, the same still happened. But we also were concerned that uh, provinces like Limpombo and Northwest, which are vast, uh, had only two shelters, uh, which was viewed as by the commission as inadequate. Uh, and as I indicated in the beginning, Honorable uh, Chair and Honorable Members, uh, progress has been made. Uh, still not yet there, but uh, our follow-up uh, investigations uh, uh, the, 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 the two follow-ups uh, have uh, we've we've observed that progress has been made, but I'm 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 trying not to go there because I'm presenting uh, uh, the original study. Uh, but knowing what has already uh, been done in terms of implementing our recommendations, one is tempted to, to keep jumping there. Um, at that stage, honorable chair and honorable members, we we having made this found these findings that I have just listed, uh, we we recommended that the department, the national department of social development, uh, must develop effective and efficient mechanism to accurately. Rec- Record funding allocations to shelters. We observe that the provincial offices of the department, uh, 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 their administration of N- NPO funding has been long. Uh, it has been a, a, a long-standing concern. So basically, this is a problem that was in existence for quite some time until the complaint came to us and we began to engage uh, 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 the relevant duty bearers in this regard to try and and respond to the communities that are are receiving our services. Uh, and, And one of these, as I have indicated, is that the administration practices tended to vary significantly between uh, provinces. 
Uh, We also recommended that the department must develop the national policy and guidelines to adequately and uniformly. Uh, And uniformly for us is a key word because equity is key here. We don't want to continue leaving those who have always been left behind. Uh, We don't want to maintain the status quo, so to speak. So uh, the uniformly uh, uh, resourcing of shelters should take into account a, a, a needs-based analysis, as we have indicated earlier, that the allocation seemed to be inconsistent across provinces. And you have provinces that are vast, having very few shelters, but that was then in when we conducted this study. Um, and we we accepted that the financing of all services in accordance with their true uh, cost may not be immediately possible. And this is because obviously you have to do that uh, a situational analysis and 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 have a, an evidence based approach of uh, resource allocation responding to the the, the context uh, uh, of that particular province. So we know that this is a long-term thing, but in the interim, uh, at least we, 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 we recommended that uh, post-subsidies uh, for equivalent positions must be standardized across all provinces because eventually if people are doing the same job uh, and they, they earn different salaries, that become a, a, a really contentious uh, because th- that is not understandable at all. So that was one of the uh, recommendations that we felt could be rectified um, uh, uh, in terms of e- e- equal pay for equal work. Uh, that could be rectified in a short term, uh, other than uh, rather than other things that would take uh, much more time to 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 address. Um, <clears throat> We found that there was no justification for provinces to provide to be provided with different amounts of subsidy. Uh, 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 different organizations whose staff have the same qualifications, and this is what I was just uh, uh, talking about in the previous slide. Uh, the department uh, we recommended that they develop a national policy providing for minimum wage to house mothers, uh, subsidies towards social and, 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 and social auxiliary workers employed by NPOs vary between 29 and 82%. And you can see that uh, this gap is very wide uh, uh, as an entry-level salary uh, uh, that is provided. So when we talk about equal pay for equal work, uh, these percentages here, one can even say the difference is is quite alarming. And that's why as the commission, we thought um, we, we don't understand what justifies this. Maybe if there is an explanation, uh, 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 that would help. But we didn't, with the information we got during this investigation, we didn't get any um satisfactory justification for 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 the gap uh, between these uh, um, uh, uh, pay salaries uh, among staff uh, across the provinces um in the 2016 report, the, the National Minimum Wage Panel recognized that the nonprofit social welfare sector faced a very particular set of challenges in finding its staff and in funding its staff and activities. I think this is is supposed to say it is thus recommended that an expert panel be established 
to find means in addressing uh, the low wages and also the 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 wage the wage gap as we have uh, seen. Uh, we also recommended that the costing uh, exercises be undertaken by the department and treasury to ensure that no subsidy is below the minimum wage. Moreover, the NEDLEP does not allow for the representation of NPO social welfare sector, and which we find is, is quite a serious omission, uh, uh, which limits the ability of the sector to engage with the minimum wage commission uh, that is to be based at the NEDLEP. Uh, so we felt that it's crucial that a way be found to recognize and include this sector uh, with the NEDLEC so that its its particular work circumstances are adequately considered when decisions are made that affect wages, employment, and working conditions. Uh, also, shelters need support, need to support most women's needs. So in, in their entirety, actually, I mean, your basic needs of toiletry, food, closing and travel uh, to health and legal centers. So if shelters are equipped to be able to provide all the comprehensive services, if one can put it that way, uh, a, a lot of difficulties for women who need these services would be minimized. So although we observe that there is a draft training uh, development a framework by the department that was still to be uh, uh, go uh, to be uh, taken through consultation processes. We recommended that all post subsidies for equivalent positions must be the interim. Uh, 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 it must be standardized in the interim, and 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 I think this is is emphasis, so to speak. Uh, because this basically is what triggered the investigation. So as we, we probe, we find that the issue of, of standardization uh, of, 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 of salaries, uh, uh, you know, it, it repeats itself over and over through the investigation. Uh, and again, uh, we, we didn't find any justification why this was the situation. Uh, we, we also recommended that uh, shelter must be provided uh, must provide accommodation for persons with all types of disabilities, uh, including uh, hearing, visual impairments, and of course, not limited to those. Um, the department, we also felt that they should finalize uh, the plan to identify three existing shelters and pilot the LGBTIQA plus friendly model within six months and provide clear guidelines on the accommodation of uh, LGBTIQA plus persons in the in the shelters, uh, shelter provision must be in accordance with the population and be offered in all municipalities as part of uh, the, the Department of Health plan. Uh, the and I think this is where I was talking about how resourcing should be needs-based. So that needs-based analysis need to happen so that where the provinces, for, for, for instance, uh, the provinces that we, 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 we looked at, like Limpompo and the Northwest, uh, for them to have two shelters uh, we, it was, was deemed inadequate. And obviously that's because we, we allocated uh, perhaps without looking at the needs 
of the provinces. And, and until, and this cuts across many programs that we implement as duty bearers in the public service. If we don't uh, base our allocations uh, uh, on needs, uh, you know, it's like shooting in the dark and sometimes we give too much where it's not needed and too little where it's needed. So uh, a needs-based analysis is really critical for us to be uh, to be to allocate in an equi equitable manner uh, 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 when we uh, distribute resources. Uh, we uh, recommended as well that the, the the department must host national and provincial consultative processes to implement and finalize all the recommendations that we had provided. In conclusion, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, my Commissioners, uh, we sought progress reports from all entities that appeared, including the National Department of De Development on the implementation of our recommendations made in 2018-19. And this was made last year, uh, last year meaning 2019-2020. Uh, and as such, we, as I indicated in the beginning, we have a, a, a progress report. Uh, uh, so one can say the, 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 the March 2021 progress report, it's a third stage uh, in this investigation, following the initial investigation, the second follow-up, and then the last follow-up that was finalized in uh, March 2021. And honorable uh, chair, honorable members and my commissioners, I do know that uh, the March 2021 report is not the last in this situation. Uh, it forms part of the work that we continue uh, uh, to follow up and probe and do what uh, uh, our act, our establishing act, uh, allows us to do in terms of trying to 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 assist our public entities to respond appropriately to the needs of our population. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair, Honorable Members, and my Commissioners. This is the end of the presentation. Um, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't show my face uh, as the Honorable Chair had requested. Uh, so there, there we are. Thank you, Chair. Thank, thank you very much. Are we to receive the second presentation from you too? Yes, yes, Honorable Chair. Shall I go straight to it? You can go straight to that second presentation. Thank you. We'll take all the questions and discussions at the end of both presentations. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Uh, the, the, the Correctional Services Study um, was also conducted uh, actually the previous year, 2017-18. Um, this slide again is an introductory slide just showing our establishment uh, our established in terms of the constitution and also in terms of our act and also the the legislative um environment within which we operate as we do 
um, uh, these studies. So Pepuda is one of those. And uh, obviously there is a long list of this. Uh, and I usually say in South Africa, uh, we are told our legislative environment is world class. Uh, but one of the challenges that we have is implementing uh, or uh, putting life into this legislation, making it, them a reality in the lives of our people. So we are, as, a, as the commission, um, working obviously with government entities or, or uh, to, to try and operationalize uh, this legislation as we do our work. So it's not uh, while we do respond in terms of complaints, uh, these are still within. Uh, as we respond, we, resp- we respond within the law uh, 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 that guides the work that we are doing. Hence, we often, in the previous presentation, we have alluded to the uh, contravening of the Children's Act uh, in terms of the shelters not admitting children over the age of 10. So basically what uh, this legislation say to us is uh, if we are not adhering to their prescripts, we are, bre- we are basically bre- breaking the laws that we have established as this new democracy in South Africa. Now, just getting into uh, the methodology of the study, uh, we, we sought to uh, assess the extent to which the Department of Correctional Services is upholding the human rights of female inmates in their correctional facilities uh, from a health perspective. Uh, so this was specifically looking at uh, 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 how women in correctional services are treated or what kind of services they receive and how these services are provided. So there were, this was a purely qualitative research uh, a study. Uh, we looked at six correctional centers um, uh, that we selected for this study. And I know we've been asked before, why six? Uh, and some of our sampling, uh, uh, what informs our sampling sometimes is as the commission, uh, we, we look at the resources that we have and we, we, we sample as such. What can we be able to do uh, given that uh, generally in our functions we will have one person uh, per function uh, and so forth, So uh, especially provincially. So sometimes we are limited in terms of how much we can do. And this is a homework that we are currently discussing that we really need to try and motivate to be resourced in such a way that we can effectively implement our mandate. Um, so amongst the people who, who informed this study were uh, warders in the correctional services, social workers, psychological psychologists and psychiatrists who are pre- providing those uh, 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 services and the nursing staff, the nutri- uh, nutritionists, uh, medical doctors, and correctional center manage- management and officials in the National Department of Correctional Services Health Directorate. So these were our participants, and um, so the, the 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 observations were also concluded in line with issues raised by the Judicial Inspectorate of Correctional Services, as well as the provisions relevant uh, of relevant legislations 
and I think this is what I was explaining earlier. It looks like I jumped the gun sometimes uh, to emphasize uh, certain points. Um, and the, these were based on the, op the operational state of the facilities and healthcare services currently rendered uh, to female inmates. Uh, we conducted focus group discussions uh, with the different groups that I have uh, alluded to, and we did this separately with correctional officials, female inmates at each correctional centers. So to try and 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 get people to speak freely, which uh, sometimes work, sometimes it doesn't work 100%, but we, we separate the groups so that uh, we can get more valid uh, and reliable information uh, as when you mix the groups. Of course, people uh, feel intimidated and be uh, maybe afraid to speak. So for that uh, purpose, we tried to separate the groups as uh, as much as possible and also conducted in-depth uh, in interviews uh, with various officials uh, of, of the correctional centers and, and senior officials uh, from the departments. So this was a mixed method kind of research uh, where both uh, uh, where uh, qualitative information was collected in this regard. So here are the uh, correctional services that we, we we looked at. Excuse me. <clears throat> Uh, in um, we here are indicating the province and the number of participants and the groups uh, of participants that were uh, interviewed or engaged in focus group discussions. So when we look at the free state, we can see inmates um, in focus, ten in focus group discussions. Uh, five warders uh, in, in focus group discussions and official interviews, four. So in each province, this number uh, indicates uh, the participants that we could access uh, to get information uh, from. Uh, so the, the interviews were conducted in English uh, with some translation uh, where it was necessary. And we are presenting this honorable uh, uh, chair and honorable members uh, because as we present the results, this will provide a context in terms of how this study was uh, conducted. So English was the standard uh, uh, medium of communication while translations were necessary in some situations. Uh, again, we use a semi-structured and open-ended interview questions where, uh, where you know, some, some questions required, uh, uh, you know, a structured uh, situation where you would say yes or no or justify. Some you were given a, a chance to explain your own experience of the situations. In cases where possible, supporting documents uh, were, were requested. So if an official uh, indicated that this is what we are doing, this is what we have, we would request those documents, uh, whether it's a policy or an annual report or budget information. And, and we obtain some, some of those. And uh, what we present here is also uh, based uh, on those documents. So this, this is like a pretty much triangulation to, to try and cross-reference the, the information we acquired from different uh, modes of, of collecting information. Um, 
there were issues of ethics were observed, such as uh, voluntary participation, informed consent, and confidentiality and anonymity. Obviously, people sign a consent form uh, uh, at will uh, before they participate. Um, so uh, the reports were compiled uh, uh, in this regard uh, in 2017 and 2018. Uh, just to provide a bit of some of the limitations we, cut, we came across as we conducted this study, uh, the controlled nature of the prison environment uh, had a potential to, pre to prevent inmates from speaking freely. And this is what I was saying, that much as we tried to separate the groups, that environment in, on its own uh, can be intimidating for people uh, because it's, it's a situation where it's like walls have ears. So it, it, you, you get what you probe and, and, and cross-reference and, 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 and make conclusion in that, in that sense. So what I'm saying is this is a research project. Uh, it's based on information that was provided and, and basically um, you can't say this is 100% everything that's happening because the limitations means some critical inf information may have been missed because people are, were not very free uh, to speak. Uh, in some places, some professionals, uh, including doctors, were not available. And in some instances, this was understandable because they were serving uh, uh, different correctional, uh, you had one doctor or one psychologist serving different correctional uh, centers, so they may confirm an appointment, but on the day they are required on, on, on different uh, uh, places and they, they couldn't be interviewed. But uh, as the table has shown, those are the numbers that we could access in terms of uh, uh, um, the, 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 the participants. Uh, coming to the research findings, We see that in Johannesburg, excuse me, you have an overcrowding of 59%. So uh, the, the, uh, the, this is, I mean, in big cities, that, that, that's what you usually find. Uh, but we also found that they, they did have um, accommodation for mother and baby. Um, they also housed uh, medium-term offenders uh, where there was overcrowding as well uh, 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 than any other section. And again, uh, this would make sense that uh, medium-term offenders uh, who are not, you know, are not uh, uh, um, uh, yet uh, uh, sentenced uh, would be, uh, you know, crowded into one room while waiting for, for their, their trials or whatever the situation could have been. Uh, but uh, I think what is key here is the overcrowding. And if, if, if that's still the situation now uh, during COVID, uh, the risk is even higher. Uh, so the general problem of shortage of hot water uh, due to, you know, aging infrastructure, um, uh, but the, 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 the facility was kept neat. Uh, I think some of these facilities, uh, the, the challenge in terms of the infrastructure is that these are old buildings. So the piping, if you like, uh, may be uh, eroded, uh, uh, so to speak. 
uh, but generally the issue is overcrowding. In terms of uh, uh, healthcare and related services, um, the the centre, um, uh, the, their initial screening process for offenders, once they are admitted, they included oral and physical examinations. Uh, the, the, the focus on oral examinations was on the health history uh, of the offender, current illnesses, communicable diseases, mental health, hypertension, cardio. So you get you get a, 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 a basket of services that are, are, are being provided in terms of screening uh, uh, incoming uh, offenders. Uh, and the second phase involved physical examinations, which focused on your physical condition, such as your pregnancy status, uh, for instance, uh, when you come. Uh, when offenders are found to be pregnant, they are immediately booked in the hospital section of the facility until they had delivered, uh, uh, either at Baragonath or Lillian Goyi, uh, and then they are moved back to the mother and baby unit in the correctional center. So basically, honorable chair and members, the, 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 the list here, one can uh, uh, summarize uh, by saying in Johannesburg, you 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 had a reasonably uh, uh, acceptable standards of 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 of, of um, screening uh, inmates when they when they came into the facilities, uh, which included included even HIV tests and also providing antiretroviral treatment where it was necessary. But as we go, obviously, there is always room for improvement. And um, uh, that's what uh, we, we will see as the, 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 the presentation um, uh, uh, continues. In terms of psychological uh, uh, services that are provided, uh, there was a clinical psychological a psychologist who provided necessary psychological services based on referrals from either the doctor, the nurse, or social workers. Uh, major areas of treatment, um, especially for uh, for inmates, especially those who who were mothers, included uh, issues of depression, anxiety, difficulty of parenting behind bars, and I mean these are like pretty much your common sense kind of uh, emotional uh, uh, turbulences that any human being would find themselves uh, in uh, when you are uh, arrested uh, 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 and especially when you have a baby or you are pregnant and so forth. Uh, in terms of social work pro uh, uh, programs, the social workers were responsible for the center's social work and related services to assist offenders to cope with incarceration. So as mothers come anxious as they are, you, you had social workers who would be there to, to, you know, to take them through the process, uh, assist them to cope, assist them to accept or the reality or deal with the reality uh, in terms of the conditions that they find themselves in. Um, and they, they assisted by also putting children into foster care. Uh, when And this uh, also had its own downside. Uh, we know about the, 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 the situation of separating the mother and the baby, uh, those kind of traumas uh, that obviously social workers need to be uh, hyperactive when it comes to that and, and helping inmates uh, cope uh, with that kind of situation. In focus group discussions with inmates, 
they were largely happy with the social work services by the center, as indicated earlier that uh, the services were found to be mainly satisfactory in the Johannesburg Correctional Center. In terms of nutrition, uh, the meals were provided. Uh, in some cases, the cases the nursing staff prescribed the necessary diets for sick offenders based on the therapeutic manual. So, uh, and this was found to be a good thing because it wasn't uh, a one size fits all. Uh, for instance, if you are diabetic, of course, you need a particular kind of diet. And it was uh, very uh, 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 appreciated that the facility took that into cognizance. Um, the food was prepared by the offenders themselves under supervision uh, of the nutri nutritionist. Um, however, the focus group discussion, again, many inmates complained about the poor pro preparation of food. And, and also offenders were also largely satisfied with this kind of, with the nutrition uh, services provided. So honorable chair, Members, I think this just elaborate on what I said earlier when I presented the methodology in terms of separating the groups. So while you get a good picture uh, uh, in one hand, you have when you have inmates alone, uh, the, the picture changes slightly. Uh, hence, I said perhaps there is more that people were uh, scared to talk about uh, but let's 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 focus on what we have at this stage but the results do uh, make one wonder uh, what the follow-up to this study will look like uh, because uh, uh, my chairperson and commissioners may correct me if i'm wrong i don't think we have done a follow-up study on this particular uh, uh, research so this is perhaps work that we still need to follow up. Uh, in terms of resourcing of the center, uh, the, the majority of the center staff were female, as we can see there listed uh, in terms of the, uh, uh, um, their categories of work, center management, 13, nurses, uh, social workers, psychologists, and, and, and psychiatrists. So, um, yeah, the, this is another picture that uh, you get generally in patriarchal societies. There are those uh, occupations where we say women are carers, therefore uh, they will be concentrated in that particular industry. So, but this study is not about that. At this stage, uh, it's about the services in correctional centers. Um, so in terms, uh, in concluding around the Johannesburg, uh, uh, around issues of staffing, uh, the officials complained about work overload. We talked about the overload uh, in terms of inmates, uh, which makes sense when, 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 when officials also talk about uh, work overload, having to work long hours, and in some cases, uh, the lack of staff the center to rely on, on local NGOs to provide assistance. And if one were to make a relationship with the, with the, not a relationship, but some association with the previous presentation, and so we were talking about recognizing NPOs and NGOs when it comes to uh, how they assist 
uh, 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 our our government duty bearers uh, in the work that they do for the nation. So this uh, also really uh, puts some 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 support, if I can call that, on that train that uh, this sector also needs to be taken care of in terms of resourcing because uh, they some volunteer, uh, uh, but. Uh, some support uh, is needed in that sense. Uh, skills training of the officials of the center, the the department, the department uh, did provide some general skills training to all center officials after their appointment. Uh, the the center expected all officials, including professionals, to have knowledge of legislative framework that guides the work of the department and other relevant uh, uh, departments uh, such as health. And and these honorable uh, chair and honorable members, I I always have a comment uh, because this is what you see across the nation that if if you, when we appoint people, we make an assumption that they know the law. And, and often it, 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 that is not the case. And for, for, for us as the commission, we feel that capacity cannot be underplayed, especially when it comes to promoting the laws that we have put in place. Uh, we, the, our, our, our appointees need uh, to be trained uh, so hopefully the training in this regard should also focus on the law because I don't think people break the law deliberately. Uh, 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 if you don't know what uh, the, 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 the Nursing Act says, uh, all the Department of Health, Department of, of Social Development, if you don't know their prescripts, uh, uh, you are likely to contravene them and unintentionally so. So the assumption that they know as a commission, we feel that people need to be capacitated to be able to operationalize uh, uh, these pieces of legislation. Uh, Other skills training uh, needed, especially for professionals like clinical psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers to be provided by external agencies. And we're making this recommendation, honorable chair and honorable members, because sometimes Times when it, it, different professions have their different schools of thought, and gender equality and human rights is often not part of that uh, uh, thinking. So they need to be sensitized uh, to this. Much as they are experts in their areas of work, there are certain constitutional matters, especially the Bill of Rights, that they may contravene again unintentionally. So because they are not yet uh, oriented to, um, to to promoting that in the course of providing the services they provide. Uh, <clears throat> going to Bizamakati Female Correctional Center in the Free State, uh, the center has a capacity to accommodate 216 inmates, but had a total of 189. So the issue of of, of overcrowding here uh, was not in question. Uh, the center did not have a problem uh, of overcrowding, as I said. The center was in a state of good repair and generally kept clean. Uh, cells were adequately ventilated and sufficiently illuminated. So you have an infrastructure here that is, if you like, uh, uh, adequate. 
uh, also in, in, in the south. Um, and there appeared to be no shortage of facilities, amenities, including beds, storage, ablution, and sanitation. The center also appeared to be complying with the National Health Act uh, 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 and um, in terms of providing for the health and sanitation needs of inmates. However, the food preparation area had a shortage of equipment and was generally small and, and, uh, and appeared dilapidated. So again, you have the good and the bad. Uh, and, and obviously uh, uh, those things that needs to be uh, rectified, recommendations were provided. Uh, continuing in terms of their general health care, there was a provision of general health care for female inmates at the center. On arrival, again, you have that uh, screening uh, which included pregnancy, if you're pregnant, the gestational uh, 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 status, the, the, you know, the, all the reproductive health uh, 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 that are required by female inmates. Uh, if they had babies, uh, the babies would be immunized if they hadn't been immunized. So you, you see a service again here on, on, on uh, in terms of healthcare services, you see a service that is generally satisfactory. Uh, and again, as we say as a commission, that we conduct these uh, uh, research and investigation projects because there is reason for us to believe there is room for improvement uh, as per our observations, whether they came through a complaint or other means uh, 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 through which we, we get information that trigger uh, these, these projects. Uh, we found inconsistencies, however, in relation to their application of these assessment procedures. And again, the focus group the, uh, discussion with inmates revealed that not all inmates were assessed according to the pre prescribed procedure. Uh, some inmates pointed out that only oral assessment were carried out without physical examinations. The lack of physical examination placed inmates at risk of, of catching contagious diseases. And again, maybe as a mentor of emphasis, just to indicate that each of the participants in their different categories had different experiences of what is happening. So uh, on one hand, the picture is good. And on another hand, uh, the picture indicates that certain things need to improve. Uh, some health risks and challenges were included, undetected pregnancies, inmates, inmates who defaulted on their antiretroviral treatments. So these were some of the things that uh, uh, were, were identified uh, uh, during the study as a risk, uh, as per the information. Uh, provided by the inmates, including uh, different ailments, uh, you know, untreated sexual STDs, uh, and so forth, and so forth. Um, uh, particularly inmates with chronic uh, uh, conditions and the issues of their medications. So there are certain things that uh, you find are missed and but they can be detrimental not only to the uh, inmates but on, also to the people who works within the the correctional facilities because contagious diseases don't choose 
they, they, they cut across. Uh, if, if things are not done right, everyone is at risk. The hospital section center provided primary health care to babies, uh, even though some mothers complained about the quality of medical care and that their babies were continuously sick. Uh, mothers complaining complained about the shortage of milk formula, uh, which was supplied irregularly and shortage of clothing for their babies. Uh, the center relied again on donation from uh, NGOs. Uh, women-specific health care services were provided to inmates, including uh, pap smears and mammograms. So these are some of the good things that we found uh, uh, in the Bizarre Makate uh, facility, uh, also, which also included HIV testing. Um, uh, we found that while nurses were readily available for consultation with inmates in the center, the doctor was not always available except on Tuesdays. He was responsible for 14 centers in the region. And this is what I alluded to uh, earlier, that when we say certain services are lacking, uh, we really need to look at the, the foundation, how uh, these centers are resourced. Uh, because if you have one doctor manning 14 centers, uh, it's a bit um, uh, uh, not uh, conducive for, for effective service delivery. Uh, the nurses had to carry the workload of the and some of the responsibilities of the doctor uh, or refer severe uh, cases to nearby uh, hospitals. Um, the inmates had access to other healthcare specialists, such as optometrists. Uh, oncologists, dentists, local uh, uh, at the local hospital. Uh, uh, so you, you again, it's that mix uh, of situations where sometimes there are alternatives when the doctor is not available. The hospitals are, are around where inmates can be um, can be referred. In terms of psychological uh, services. Um, they uh, actually insisted that it, they, they, this was provided and cared for by all the needs and care, took care of all the needs of all offenders through the provision of a range of psychological services to, to cope where this was needed. However, when you talk to inmates, um, some were not aware of the psychological services at the center. Uh, and the official stated that referrals for psychological services are made through either the nurse or a social worker. Uh, however, uh, many inmates complained of failure uh, to refer inmates with mental health problems to psychologists, and they felt that nursing staff didn't perceive mental health illness as serious. Uh, they pointed out that depression among female inmates was common, especially among inmates concerned about the welfare of their families and children. Uh, it appeared that due to heavy workload, the center psychologist was unable to attend to many of the inmates on a regular basis and in, in, in a consistent manner on a, in a long-term long basis uh, at the time of the study, that is what we could conclude. And as indicated, because the psychologist was many 14 facilities in the region, um, 
the Center Social Worker was responsible for a program that provided interventions to assist inmates with domestic issues. Uh, the inmates uh, generally, as indicated, struggled to cope behind bars. Uh, I think we can, uh, honorable chair, honorable members, if we look at, uh, at, at gender roles and gender relations, uh, it makes sense that female inmates would be more distressed because in our patriarchal society, they are the ones who take care of the home. Uh, and I'm not saying that's the right way for things to be, but the reality is such. And when they are arrested, obviously the burden of, of worrying about their children increases. Uh, so they, they, they struggle to cope with, with, with that kind of situation uh, because they've left young children at home and so forth. Um, but then you had that kind of uh, counseling by social workers, including anger, anger management, substance abuse. And these are some of the things that manifest when you are in a situation that you may not be able to cope. Uh, but counseling is there, uh, uh, accessible to some. And as we have seen, some say they are not accessible. Um, and again, uh, the, the center appeared to cater for the unique hygiene needs of female uh, inmates through the, the provision of sanitary, uh, you know, I will call them dignitary packs, uh, if you like, and uh, nutrition, a female nutritionist at the center designed a special dietary program for, for, for inmates. Uh, however, some inmates complained about the poorly cooked meals. Again, actually, as we go through the centers, we will see that there are common themes uh, in the findings. Uh, so there are slight differences where some centers are doing very well, some are doing very bad, uh, but there will be some common uh, situations like when it comes to food, for instance, uh, you find that uh, the inmates' perspective is different from the officials' uh, perspective. Also, uh, uh, with other services, you see those kinds of uh, differences in how the services uh, are, are perceived as provided and as received uh, by by the inmates. Uh, they, uh, therefore, they also claim that the center did not cater for the specific nutritional needs of pregnant and lactating uh, or breastfeeding women. The resourcing, uh, the, the, the center uh, indicated the budgetary allocation was, was inadequate. I mean, as with uh, many situations, the budget is always inadequate to cater for the health and welfare needs of the inmates. Uh, they referred to the, uh, the constant shortage of uh, relevant equipment uh, and supplies such as your kitchen equip equipment, personal hygiene items and product. Uh, they, they pointed out that much of the center's medical equipment was donated. Again, the issue of NGOs seems to be cutting across uh, these services and also uh, in the case of the shelters. So that would tell uh, us that NGOs uh, play a key role in, in this country. Um, some of the official affairs that staff complement of the center was limited and that there was a need to create more posts in order to cope with the workload. Again, this is a cross-cutting uh, kind of uh, a, a, a situation. 
uh, also the doctor, uh, the issue of the doctor here and uh, the, the facilities that the doctor is, is attending to uh, in the region. Uh, skills training and capacity building. Uh, the center had not provided its personnel, the warders, with ongoing skills training to deal with the unique needs and human rights of female inmates. And I think I have indicated this previously that uh, no matter what uh, profession you are in, uh, our experience as the commission and also as individuals who worked in this uh, uh, sector uh, based on research and different uh, uh, um, uh, uh, findings that we have had we and the trainings that we have conducted in some instances, you find that uh, different professions stick to the manual. Human rights, gender inequality, access, you know, those are like far off things that uh, don't apply to a clinician, for instance. They don't apply to a psychologist, for instance, uh, and so forth. And this, for me, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, speaks to the fact that these issues of gender inequality uh, need to be part of the curriculum, uh, uh, hopefully, as we develop as a country for every profession. Because wherever we are, we need to, to recognize the, the human rights of people and also the acknowledge and correct the inequalities uh, uh, between the, the sexes and the genders uh, in our population. So that, that for me is just not a finding for, for the Correctional Center because it, it's a common finding in everything we do. Um, so we also find uh, that the warders were ill-prepared to handle female inmates. Again, it's the emphasis I have been making. Um, they related their experiences with the center security warders who would regularly dismiss their ailments. These are the, uh, the inmates uh, saying the warders dismiss their ailments as attention-seeking tactics and, and would thus deny the request to seek uh, medical attention uh, they were largely uninformed about the health and reproductive rights of the female inmates. Uh, the lack of training for orders was attributed to the cost-cutting measures that were being implemented by the department at the time. The nurses, social worker, and clinical psychologists were training were uh, were provided training through their respective professional organization and and were therefore better able to handle and deal the healthcare and reproductive needs of their female inmates, which again um, emphasize what I, I have said initially. Uh, when we come to Paul's more in the Western Cape, uh, the center appeared to have uh, an old aging infrastructure in some section, water leaks, uh, from the roof were observed, uh, including paint peeling. So these are some of the old buildings that are alluded to earlier. Uh, however, the overall facility was kept uh, 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 in terms of uh, its hygiene or um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's the sense of uh, uh, hygiene was good. Uh, it was also providing for the needs of female inmates, including the needs for small babies, uh, through its mother and baby unit. So another cross-cutting uh, situation is that so far the, the centers uh, do have mother and baby units. Uh, so it, it looks like there are some uh, uh, standards that are followed 
uh, uh, but in some areas you find that there are inconsistencies uh, and the factors contributing to that may vary uh, 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 depending on each correctional center. Uh, most communal uh, uh, cells, especially those for remand inmates, were not in a good state, uh, uh, although the single cells were in a good state. So it, it looks like those, uh, um, like uh, in Johannesburg, we also, there we were talking about the overcrowding in these particular uh, cells, whereas here it, it's about just the good uh, appearance of the of the of the cells themselves, where you have people who are still uh, uh, remanded. Um, it was also noted that the centre had a major problem of overcrowding in some instances, where single cells were accommodating three offenders at a time. While smoking was officially prohibited, the inmates indicated many smoked, and that smoking inside communal cells exposed other inmates to the dangers of passive smoke and secondhand smoking. And one would imagine if there are babies in that uh, cell, uh, that would even be uh, more uh, detrimental. Um, the, the center had a 10-bed hospital in the premises. Uh, its consultation and voluntary counseling uh, rooms were accredited. Uh, so generally, uh, that was a good finding for us. Um, in terms of health programs <clears throat> offered by the center, the medical screening of offenders, um, again, uh, the, this was determined by the health condition of the inmates uh, detected when they are admitted. Uh, the center had an in-house doctor available twice a week, which is better than the other center um, that we had just pre uh, presented, and four in-house nurses. Um, the inmates complained about the nurses not being easily accessible, thus limiting the availability of medical care uh, to inmates. Uh, the, 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 the cases of in cases of emergencies, the center again, uh, you had a referral route to the nearest hospital. Um, some of the inmates claimed that one had to be dying before being referred to the hospital. And again, it talks to that uh, situation where some inmates reported that uh, the people with psychological problems are, are, are being called, they are being said to be attention seeking uh, or something to that effect. Uh, so they did provide the inmates with services such as pap smear, uh, ANC, uh, uh, ANC as in antenatal care, postnatal care, and so forth. Um, and babies born within the facilities where 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 were sent to a nearby Wesley clinic for immunization. So generally, uh, the Portsmouth uh, uh, Correctional Centre has the, the reasonably uh, uh, um, the good services that we saw in some of the uh, the, the, the the facilities that have already been uh, um, presented. And on-site, uh, a psychologist was uh, was also. Um, in the premises and rendered the services as required. Uh, and the services were praised by inmates. Uh, so although access was seen as inadequate, and, and if one were to cross-reference all these things, the issues of, of, of working uh, long hours, you know, many, too many uh, facilities, 
you you see a situation where some of our service providers are doing the best they can and inmates can see that but sometimes the the, the under resourcing uh, uh does a uh, cloud the good work that some of the staff are doing. Uh, they had access to social work services, although according to uh, the official, the process of pre- placing babies outside the center once they reached the age of the age of two often took too long to complete. Uh, nutrition and uh, again complaints about the poor quality of food. Pregnant women, mothers uh, with babies were placed on a different nutritional program, hence they did not have the same complaints. Uh, female offenders uh, in focus groups discussed com- uh, discussions complained of a lack of adequate sanitary towels. Uh, and they, they also re- revealed that during their menstruation period, the warders applied the show show and I give practice of rationing of, of rationing the supply of sanitary uh, towels due to so- shortage. And this honorable chair and honorable members, I usually say this is the lowest of the low to say, show me the blood, then I'll uh, I, I don't know how the, uh, anyone can do that to another human being, uh, but apparently uh, the inmate says this does happen. And if this is the case, and depending on how prominent it is, I think these are the kind of attitudes that we need to address uh, 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 as, as, as decision makers or duty bearers or overseers. Uh, uh, around uh, these services, uh, because you, we, we we cannot have this happen uh, in a democracy uh, like ours. Um, uh, the, the the officials complained about the lack of adequate budget. Again, cutting across, uh, they argued that the mother and baby unit had limited resources and relied on donors. Again, we, we go back uh, to, to the issue of NGOs, although here it's not specified. Uh, and the officials also insisted that due to shortage of staff, they faced severe uh, 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 workload. Uh, in terms of training, um, the, some officials said only rudimentary training was offered during the induction. Uh, they pointed out to the lack of uh, especially to handle challenges related to mental health issues and disability, including gender-related training. Uh, I can't emphasize this enough, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members, as I had um, alluded to previously. The issue... the issue of training our professionals around uh, uh, gender rights and gender justice. Um, the recommendations we provided uh, to, to uh, on this research uh, include that in order to address the issue of inadequate training and capacity building, we recommended that the department should carry out a skills audit of key personnel that work directly with inmates in order to develop a clear long-term skills development strategy. This can be done by approaching the safety and security sector, uh, the CETA, uh, uh, for funding and develop uh, training programs that, that would focus on gender equality and human rights. And and this the CETA sector is one sector that often we 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 omit to think of in our implementation of programs that they are there 
to 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 build capacity uh, in 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 the public service uh, for us to be able to implement our priorities effectively so this sector needs to be utilized and that is one of our recommendation uh, uh, to to the department uh, the long term skills strategy should be supported by the development of an annual skills plan with clear allocation of financial resources with a focus on knowledge on how to handle a specific uh, needs of females and 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 here honorable chair and honorable members is also an area where when we make a recommendation that something need to happen Often in South Africa, we have found that beautiful laws and policies are implemented, sorry, are developed, but there are no guidelines in terms, often there are no guidelines in terms of how to operationalize those. So the skills strategy need to provide those guidelines in terms of how to, 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 to do this and also sustain it because this work is not a once-off work. It's for all our lives, basically, as we come and go in this world. We need to be able to learn uh, 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 to do these things uh, properly uh, so that we feel f- we fulfill our slogan uh, of a better life uh, for all. We also uh, recommended that the department should carry out a thorough needs analysis, and I have spoken to this in the beginning uh, to determine the optimal number of all professionals to carry out functions for caring for female inmates, especially their mental uh, their mental health status. Uh, the department should develop a clear program of, of collaboration with relevant NGOs in the sector. Again, uh, I think as I was presenting, some of these recommendations were popping up, uh, and also uh, in realization that prison cell overcrowding contributes to the burden on prison resources and exacerbates the transfer of communicable diseases, greater efforts to reduce overcrowding, uh, 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 such as diversion programs for women and juvenile offenders from the criminal justice system uh, is recommended. Uh, So these are like alternatives uh, to reduce uh, 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 overcrowding. The department should also formulate a policy to regulate the supply and distribution of uh, toiletries, including sanitary tower. This policy should contain clear and suitable guidelines on the quality and quantity of sanitary towers to be provided uh, within an appropriate period of time. So you don't want to have a situation where you have to prove that you are menstruating before you are given a a sanitary pad. Honorable Chair, Honorable Members, my Commissioners, this is the end of the presentation. Thank you. Thank you uh, very much. I uh, just lost my connectivity for a very short while, and I see the end of the presentation. Am I correct that you had completed your presentations? Yes, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much. Honorable members, you have now received two presentations from the Commission for Gender Equality. There are a number of members who want to raise uh, some points with you. I'm going to mention uh, those members uh, as they have raised their hands. It would be Honorable um, 
Sukas first, as she has to leave for another meeting uh, after she had asked a question. Then it will be Honorable Ismail Clark, uh, Van Staden, Klengwa, um, Wilson, uh, Gela, Monia. Sorry, Chair, I think you sorry, Chair, and I'm asking for the Where is Sokacha Chair has indicated? Sokacha will be right at the end. Thank you. Uh, Munyai last. Uh, Munyai is second last and Sokacha would be, I'll just switch it around. It's, uh, let's stick to that. Yes, so Munyai second last, Sokacha last. Thank you very much, honorable members. Please proceed with raising your points uh, with the presenters. Thank you. Thank you, Honourable Chair, and thank you to all the members for allowing me to, 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 to pose my question first. Um, Chairperson, and this is to the Commission, really the question, but I will add it to a comment. Um, the issue of, of, um, of default on specifically ARVs, um, over the last period, the last two years with COVID and before as well, um, we re I received in my constituency complaints specifically from individuals um, who lives with um, HIV AIDS or, or suffer STIs or STDs. The, the, the stigma being um, amplified by the kind of service that individuals receive um, and because of that, that people do not go seek for treatment. And I now see that um, in this presentation again, um, it is brought, um, you know, it is, it is highlighted uh, by the Commission. Um, the issue I have addressed both in the basic education um, portfolio committee with the with the school uh, with the school health um, uh, uh, project that is being run by DBE because this 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 issue is actually multi layered. It is it is in correctional services as rightly brought out that they are default that people default for a number of reasons, of course. But one of the major contributors to default that I have found, for instance, with the schools, is that there were a specific incident that happened that caused a young person um, to refuse to to maintain the ARV treatment, and it resulted, of course in um, secondary infections and ultimately the the person the the the, the child um, died because of that so my question to um, the commission um, is is whether um, research other research has been done research investigation into the lapsing of very um, critical treatment like ARV for people living with HIV and AIDS and um, whether there is plans or or there has been any um, 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 any uh, requests for for this to be done, because I want to raise it as a serious issue that um, I have encountered uh, within the health system. And in fact, I have a meeting with a specific primary care facility where such incidences is causing people to say, "I am not doing this." So, my question really to the commission. Um, are, are there any other research investigations broader being done specifically to address the issue of stigma and the treatment 
of individuals um, that lives with, with diseases such as HIV and AIDS. Thank you, Chair. And thank you to the colleagues. Good morning, and thank you for the presentation. Um, I just have a few clarity-seeking questions. My first question, since government does not have sufficient funds, you know, in the fiscus, what realistic uh, alternatives can you suggest to supplement funding so that we can have, you know, uh, efficiently run uh, shelters? My second question, with regards to the, inter, you know, the investigative report on the state of shelters in South Africa, now, how has this implementation of recommendations been accepted from all stakeholders? You know, are there any that uh, from your presentation, it seems like, you know, the relationship is very good, you know, the work relationship. But have you had any that, um, you know, are not happy with your, you know, with your recommendations, etc.? cetera? Um, to what extent does the CGE collaborate with the Judicial Inspectorate for Correctional Services? Um I know you have some type of relationship, but I mean, do you have an effective relationship, you know, where you have uh, solutions, you know, is it solution uh, running, you know, is it a proactive relationship? My fourth question, since these studies were done, you know, in 2017, 2018 and 2018, 2019, and in your presentation, you mentioned uh, the dates and obviously that maybe, uh, you know, further, uh, further studies need to be done. Now, can you then um, tell us, you know, when when do you expect to have an updated study, uh, you know, or have you considered a follow-up or to review, you know, or to ascertain the implementation of recommendations that you've given previously to these uh, particular shelters? Now, uh, I just want this question. I'm asking this question on a clarity. I mean, we know that uh, health plays a part, but we also know that uh, social development and obviously, you know, when you're looking at um, the Justice and Correctional Services Portfolio Committee should be... In the um, I just would like to know you know, when... when You've, you've mentioned that you have met me in meetings with the social development portfolio. Um, I'm looking at it that, you know, there were some recommendations that were discussed. Um, can you maybe give us a brief on how often do you meet them? What were recommendations put in place? And do you see these rec uh, recommendations being implemented on the ground? Thank you. Um, thank you, Chairperson. Just, just a few questions. Um, what is the provincial breakdown of state-run homeless shelters in South Africa? What is the total number of beds available in each province? And does all these state-run um, homeless shelters provide the following, substance abuse re rehabilitation um, to, to be reintegrated into society, obtaining identity documents and social grants, personal development plans, and short-term job opportunities via the EPWP um, uh, processes. Um, how much funding is allocated by each provincial government for homeless shelters? Thirdly, what is the provincial breakdown of LGBTQI-friendly homeless shelters in South Africa? How many partnerships are in place in terms of NGOs and governments across all provinces? And what are the budgets across all provinces in place to assist these NGOs? 
Has the 2022 budget of the DCS made any concession to the recommendations? And if nothing is done in respect to the study findings, what is next for the CGE? Um, I also would like to know, um, uh, uh, you know, in terms of the commissioner's presentation, um, there was there was at length a discussion in terms of the criteria, and um, I really think there's an unbelievable urgency in order to ensure that a, a proper criteria is put in place in terms of minimum standards and in terms of reference, so that we never ever. Um, experience what we experience regarding um, the Esedemini, um life Esedemini issue. You know, um, I think if there were any, if there were uh, sort of sta- if there were standard criteria put in place with NGOs, then they must be adhered to, and and then it mitigates the kind of outcome we had with life Esedemini. Then um, my colleague. Um, a member Ismail spoke about supplementary funding and um, ju- just a comment for interest sake, you know, that um, Ekoreleni has absolutely no shelters and it's a major problem because you find that um, women and children, all the elderly, um, the poorest of the poor that are homeless, there's just no way to, to, um, ta- to be able to assist um, people in shelters and, um, you know, there are NGOs, but there are really no go- proper government shelters that can assist. I am aware that we often, um, I'm from Ekuruleni, we often have to ask assistance from the city of Joburg in terms of this issue. Then um, I also would like to know what, what are the shortages in terms of, within the correctional centres in terms of social workers, psychologists, psychiatrists and nursing staff um, across board? Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Chairperson. I just have three questions regarding the shelters for children. Um, and maybe the Commission can, can help me with these answers. And around in June 2018, there was some problems with provinces that not that did not pay the financial grants to the shelters for homeless children at that stage. I remember at that stage we have a problem with in the province of Gauteng, and I've taken that at that stage a matter up with the MEC of Social Development in Gauteng. It was around in June 2018. My question is if the Commission uh, uh, know of any provinces are still behind with allocating of grants to these shelters and how many of these shelters across the country um, is affected due to this and how many provinces um, are actually behind currently with the payouts of these grants to, to the children's homes and um, what is the amount, uh, these, what is these outstanding amounts amounting to. Just um, if, if a commission can help me with these answers, it would be really appreciated. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, my first question to, the, uh, to them is, given that the Portfolio Committee on Health does not have direct oversight on shelters, does uh, what is your specific role that you expect the committee to play in this regard? And uh, please state the undertakings by the Department of Health 
in this study specifically? Has it delivered on assigned responsibilities? If not, what has been the reasons? And the last question is based on the research, the last section that was presented that dealt with the, the, the research approach. And creating a scenario to say there are more than 200 uh, correctional centers and there are also more, more than 160,000 uh, uh, inmates in South Africa. My question is why specifically out of a high number of correctional services did you decide to, to choose the six? And what is it that guided you in choosing specifically only uh, to conduct the research on only the six one? And uh, to say how valid is your findings that you are discussing with us that guided your recommendations? Uh, how valid is your findings derived from only six correctional centers? Should the same research be repeated and conducted in other correctional uh, centers? Will the findings be the same? So how reliable is the findings of your research? And at the same time, thinking about the number of the participants that you chose at those centers. I mean, the maximum number there was, we talk about 10. That, that, that is a very small number that you can use to generalize your own findings to support the reliability of your own research. And uh, to say uh, you could, in actual facts, uh, under limitation, have mentioned about non-generalization of the findings should the same research be conducted at various uh, um, other centers. So I've got a problem there, and uh, I would like to get uh, the reasons that uh, would satisfy the questions that I asked. And just on a practical uh, uh, question, I wonder whether you checked the homeless shelter in Pretoria. It's a center that lies uh, somewhere in between Pretoria's and Schoolman Street. Uh, the situation there is extremely, extremely bad. I would ask you what type of intervention would you provide if you are given an opportunity to extend your research to this particular shelter. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Sengwa is there. We will go to Honorable Wilson and come back to Honorable Sengwa. Thank you very much, Chairperson, and, and thank you to the Commission um, for a, what I find is actually generally a disturbing presentation. We as the portfolio of health, um, the main purpose of, of our um, portfolio is to ensure that everybody, regardless of who they are, where they are, 
um, what their circumstances are, get access to quality health care, which is the constitutional right of all South Africans, regardless of their backgrounds, regardless of their circumstances, regardless of their gender. And I, I find this presentation pretty disturbing. Um, and I'm not going to ask questions as such, but I want to make a couple of statements and make a, a request to the chairperson um, in so doing. We visited a couple of years ago, well, in the last term, the portfolio of health actually, while we were doing oversights in KwaZulu-Natal, met at, did oversights at a facility uh, where the inmates there were held for mental observation prior going to trial. And it was very scary that the health in that facility for both the inmates who were men as well as the, the staff who were there, was seriously, seriously jeopardized. Um, and I think we must look at both sides of the coins. Yes, we are very, very concerned about how the um, inmates are treated and that they get access to, to quality health. But we must also take into account the employees at those facilities, whether they be, whether they be warders, whether they be um, psychiatrists, psychologists, nurses, it doesn't matter. Everybody is equal when it comes to the Constitution. And I find it very disturbing um, when we are getting reports that, number one, facilities are, are have way too many people, way too many people. That is a health risk starting from, from day one for the inmates. But the fact that there's that kind of undercrowding and severe um, understaffing in those facilities puts huge strain on the employees as well as the inmates. And you know, mental health is critical, whether, you, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, whether you're a staff mentor, member is irrelevant. And I think not enough is being done to address this issue. Um, so in general, the whole report I find um, very disturbing. A lot of my questions have been covered by colleagues ahead of me. But I think, Chair, I would like to make a request. Um, and I, I'm hoping that the Centre for Gender Equality will support me in this. I think we urgently need to have a joint meeting with the department, with the portfolio of health, the portfolio of, of social development, and the portfolio of justice. Because I think it is critical that we have all three of them sitting together, discussing the issues that have been raised in this report and getting solutions or answers um, to the way forward. This cannot be allowed to continue. Um, there are so many issues here, all of which go back to health. Whether it's poor food quality, whether it's sanitation, whether it's access to psychological services, whether it's access to health. Every single issue here comes back to the Department of Health. And we also have or must insist that justice and DSD comes to the party. That is our responsibility as the portfolio of health, and we must look after the health of those people in those facilities. So my request is, Chief, that we have a joint meeting as soon as possible with Department of Social Development and the Department of Justice so that we can thrash this out, Look at what's being done, what needs to be done, and make recommendations going forward. I thank you, Chair.
Uh, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, let me welcome the two reports from the Commission. Uh, Chairperson, um, uh, the one I've got uh, two questions that I want to raise. Um, from the first uh, presentation, um, report for gender, uh, report for um, uh, Chaperson, the issue of uh, the presenter raised, um, it gave me worry, uh, the issue of uh, children who are 10 years which are not uh, accepted by shelters and if I can just get the reasons uh, for not being accepted, uh, especially when they need also a help. The other one, Chaperson, uh, she spoke about uh, a shortage of um, shelters in the rural area. She even mentioned the Limpopo. Um, what is the plan uh, to address that uh, so that at least we know that uh, also other rural areas are covered? Because uh, shelters, it's where our people, when they need help, go to uh, in terms of many things uh, that are happening, particularly uh, when it comes to the issue of uh, being uh, victimized uh, by partners, the issue of gender-based violence in our country. Uh, the other issue, it's an issue that um, uh, she also mentioned uh, under their investigation that uh, they didn't get uh, a satisfied or satisfactory uh, response in terms of uh, the wages of shelters. Um, I just want to know, uh, Chairperson, uh, regarding that, um, did they also reported that uh, to the relevant uh, portfolio and also engage uh, with the provinces uh, in terms of that, particularly the offices of the MECs? But also on the issue of um, the budget that has been allocated to uh, different um, sh uh, sh uh, shelters, and also what is the response. And the other issue, the issue of a shortage uh, uh, of staff. Uh, so, Chairperson, uh, if I can just get a clarity, whether did they get a response uh, from uh, the relevant uh, department and also uh, they've uh, presented uh, their report uh, both in the portfolio committee of social development and also in the portfolio of uh, justice and correctional uh, services. The last question, Chairperson, I want to ask um, uh, if uh, the presenter 
Uh, please share with the portfolio committee on the general uh, uptake of uh, GCE's recommendations by the uh, affected parties based on the GCE's uh, experience in terms of recommendations. Would it not be uh, advisable to make the recommendations binding just like the public protector? Um, the other issue, uh, Chaperson, um, the Correctional uh, Services Act uh, 111 of uh, 1998 uh, enjoins um, DCS uh, to, among others, to take a full custody of the all uh, inmates under condition of a, a human dignity. Uh, my question, so what are your uh, expectations from this uh, portfolio committee of health? Thank you very much, Chairperson. No, no, thanks, sir. You, 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 you initially said Socrates and then you changed, you said Minyai. So that's why I was, I'm sorry for that. Um, uh, uh, thank you very much, Chairperson. Uh, just uh, uh, to welcome the presentation from the Commission for Gender Equality. Um, I've got two questions, Chair, and I think the first one has been adequately covered by the presenter. I was going to ask about uh, what happened when a an inmate uh, got pregnant, in fact, get into the correctional s service uh, facility pregnant and got a baby whilst uh, the, the inmate is in the service and uh, of the correctional service center and uh, the presenter adequately addressed me what happens to the baby and all those things. Then my second question, Chair, it's something that is next to my heart. The issue of uh, uh, inmates that uh, got uh, that have got uh, psychiatric problems and have and become mentally ill and cannot cope while uh, the inmate is in the facility of the correctional services. What happened to that inmate? Uh, is the inmate, if he can't cope, is the inmate uh, transferred to a facility? of government managed by the Department of Social Services outside the correctional center, or is the, is the inmate kept there and been looked after? That is my only concern, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chair. Firstly, I want to know uh, that the commission, whether they outsource a third party to do this research, um, if yes, which company did research on behalf, organization did research, these two research on behalf of the commission? That's the first question. I'm raising this question because one of the commissioner one of the commissioner or one of the legal, no, one not commissioner, one of the advocate once accepted a service and received briefing 
from the Ministry of Health to represent them. Then on the other hand, he switched, he unethically switched and go and represent the commission before, which in terms of legal environment, that would be unethical. I must apologize, Chair, that uh, I can't have my, my video on. I have a very poor network. That is the first point. So if, if please, they can indicate who has been outsourced to do this research, uh, I have a keen interest to understand who. Does the commission agree that the COVID-19 has brought the unprecedented consequences, which amongst others made the infrastructure of healthcare, both private and public, to be overwhelmed to a degree that some private sectors, because they were full, you know, overcrowded, they have to request the public sector to offload their capacity to get them to come to patients to be brought to public sectors. And does the commission understand that um, uh, due to um, lack of more development of new infrastructures, the overcrowding is also happening in the in the in the public facilities of education. The overcrowding exists even in the hospitals. The overcrowding exists even with prisons. I'm saying, do they understand that if they can clarify that um, uh, trend? Isn't that the commission also important that this report must also be present before the provincial government, whether it's a premier of Allen Winde so far as the, and MEC so far as the issue of uh, uh, correctional service in Western Cape. And also, we know that this, this hospital, these correctional services, they are owned nationally, not necessarily uh, by provincial government. I'm saying that there's a segment also of the MECs of health uh, in, uh, in all, all provinces. What, what, and also the key issue of the aging infrastructure. Uh, I'm, I'm coming from Tembisa, stay in Tembisa. There's a aging infrastructure of water, all these things, because some of these hospital and prison would have been done during the apartheid period. Uh, and I agree with them that there's such, um, such an aging infrastructure across, which requires a lot of resources. And we know that uh, South Africa text base is almost limited. Debt to GDP is pretty high. Uh, South Africa is owing a lot of money to uh, private sectors, including the borrowing that we have made from the IMF and other, and the World Bank. Meaning, therefore, the resources is not limitless. What the Commission think other additional resources need to come from? I saw that the, the, the Commission gave example 
um, um, example that the for, let me just go to the example that they gave that the uh, excess in fact the findings that the informal settlements should be uniformed you know and in the service provision there and so on and they also made reference to NPO which we know some NPO that are getting huge dollars lots of money from the foreign government to some degree this NGO and NPO they undermine sovereignty of our country so far as a good land where I'm coming from I know the informal settlement has been unblocked and a provision of electricity in the informal settlement has been provided, water, electricity, and access to emergency services, ambulances and police. That has been done in Ekurlen, where I'm coming from. So, but I know they made reference to Limpopo and as well as the uh, Northwest. On the, but we have even a new prison, which is also private sector, a prison that has been made, built by private sector and managed by private sector, which can't even accept more new prisoners, is full. And I don't agree with the view that uh, uh, majority of the people that are in the, that most of the people that are in the prison don't understand uh, the Bill of Rights or their rights. No, that's not true. Remember, even most educated people, you know, the, the, the lawyers are, you know, they're also arrested in prison. Many people, many people, qualified and unqualified. So I'm saying the narrative that seems to suggest that people in majority, they may not necessarily understand uh, their, their, you know, their Bill of Rights in prison. It's not correct. You know, maybe as you said, but you have sampled. Maybe perhaps the the sampling that would have got would have given that outcome. But we know that prison, you know, both educated and educated, they're in prison. They're in prison, and I'm sure if they have to get the skill profile of all the people that are in prison, that will help in addition to the sampling that they've made. And I think I agree with the view that um, the, the, this report that must be shared with also joint uh, 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 structures of the, of the social services and also justice and correctional services, because they are key element of health. We have a key interest on health matters. But it's important that this report is shared and so on. I want also to understand why the commission could not conduct this, these studies when the prison, uh, in terms of food supply, was under that was under was being provided by Busasa. If they can give us the the reason as to why it could not be done then. Um, because it would have been very interesting to understand some of the um, weaknesses in the hospital or the whether it's good services or bad services. And I know they took those relevant to their own mandate, which are which have no problem. 
Lastly, uh, Honorable Chair, uh, I just want to refer to the slide that they've put forward there. I'm opening that. Please be patient with me. That was uh, on the findings. Let me see. Oh, on the overcrowding. By the way, there was no stage. There was no stage to prison in the Republic. They were, not, no, no, they were not overcrowded. During the apartheid period, there were detention. We were some of the victims ourselves of the detention without trial. The prison were full in mass than what it is now. So the issue of the overcrowding, because people will just be arrested willingly by the regime. All I'm saying is that the issue of overcrowding is not, is not new. But the problem, the problem always will be directed to what? To the treasury. To the treasury. Because the, each and every department has indicated this plan, but the treasury doesn't release the money to fund their plans, to build new, new correctional services. It's not being provided. Treasury is not providing money, more money for new prison. Treasury is like the authority of the purse in this country. They will not. How do we handle that circumstances? But nonetheless, some of the issues that they've raised, they may be chairperson, they may be required to come back for more debate because they took uh, from 930 to 1047 to present, and we have small time to debate. I would want them to invite it back to further debate their presentation. Thank you, Honorable Chair and Honorable Member. Thank you very much, Honorable Members, for the issues you have raised uh, for the uh, commissioners and the CEO of the CTE. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, just for a matter of clarity, this matter or report was referred to this committee. And when a report is referred, we are obliged to invade proceed. And uh, we therefore have then uh, undertaken to do that as we had today. We, uh, just to take us to the point of what Honorable Tepapayo was asking earlier and a wonderful suggestion by yourself, that we look at a joint meeting with the Portfolio Committees of Social Development and Justice. And uh, from myself, there's so many questions which have been asked. I'm not going to ask any further questions. Uh, Mr. Robertson, you're very welcome to go straight on to answering the questions raised uh, by the honorable members. Thank you. Thanks, Honorable Chair. Um, Honorable Chair was not very audible. Um, I, I'm not sure if uh, Honorable Chair asked any question. I wrote in the chat. Um, yes, I did not ask any specific question. 
um, because so many questions were raised, you can please continue to answer the questions of the honourable members, and I will then give some closing remarks later as to my thoughts with regards to this. Thank you. Uh, thanks, Honourable Chair. Um, I, I will start with the first um, comment, which was followed by a question around the defaulting on ARVs and the stigma um, and, and why people don't seek services or refuse to, to the services and a very uh, detrimental example was provided uh, by Honorable Sukas. And the, the question uh, the Honorable asked was, uh, is there other research that has been done uh, 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 in, in this regard? And Honorable Members, Honorable Chair, I think uh, for us as the CGE, we, we speak to the research that we have done and, and, and what, what we also like to say in this regard is, and I think this response uh, will apply to other comments that honorable members have made, that when we conduct uh, research or investigation studies, we, it, it, these are in our APPs every year, the follow-ups. Hence, for the for the for the shelter presentation, I had indicated that there is a 1920 and a 2021 progress report. So, a lot of the questions that honourable members have put forward, those presentations have shown progress. So, there, for instance, the question around the uptake in terms of the commission's recommendations. Uh, the the, the 2019-20 and 2020-21 report shows uh, uh, what we deem uh, uh, a good response. Uh, it's not perfect. It's not all 100% uh, uh, implemented, but we see good progress in terms of the recommendations. For instance, and again, this comment maybe will cover the issue of how does health feature here, the portfolio committee. And as, as honorable members would know, we listed uh, uh, relevant departments uh, in both the presentations that are affected by these services. So the health services, uh, when we look at the correctional services, uh, uh, services study, uh, this is where uh, our recommendations indicate how the department can assist. Uh, uh, that's how we looked at that. And our point of departure in that sense is that we, we know that in terms of uh, the design of our, our, our government system, uh, collaboration is very key. So SAPS cannot do anything on its own if the justice system doesn't. Uh, and I'm just making this uh, 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 examples in terms of how different duty bearers roles are linked, uh, uh, so to speak. So when we do this work, we involve those who are are, are, are affected by the services. And the ones we involve are not necessarily the only, but because we need to have a scope 
uh, uh, we will try to find key departments that will be able to assist in these services if the, our recommendations are implemented. So th- that is basically uh, what we do. We do follow up on each uh, uh, report or recommendations, uh, or, or sorry, in each research uh, uh, and, 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 and investigative studies that we have done. But uh, I did indicate that for the correctional services uh, study, uh, and I said uh, my chair and my commissioners might correct me, but I don't think we have done a follow-up on this one, uh, 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 on the correctional services one, as a as a as a research study, um, the issue of insufficient funds uh, from government government and what other alternatives um, uh, and and the you know the this generally uh, pretty much every service in the country will talk about a, a shortage of funds and we do know. Uh, that as a country, uh, we have that situation uh, of shortage of funds. Uh, but in terms of shelters uh, and, and where they get uh, a funding from donors, and, and Honorable, I think it was Honorable Munyai in the end, uh, have indicated that. Uh, that we acknowledge, that's why they are able to donate uh, staff where things are required uh, in different services, not only what we have presented, but eventually as a country, we also have uh, in our uh, uh, policy environment, we also have uh, duties uh, around these entities. And that is what we were looking at. Uh, and the, uh, when you talk to issues of shelters, uh, uh, what you see, it, what has been of concern and why this was brought to the CGE was the unequal allocation of, 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 of funding for the shelters. So uh, as, as I've indicated, we um, there is progress. Uh, so the unequal allocation was an issue. We have provided recommendations. Some were responded to. When we present the next two progress reports, we will be able to see, uh, should the committee uh, invite us to do that, we should be able to see that a lot of things that are presented today uh, some of them have been corrected. For instance, the Department of um, DPW uh, was involved here, and we know that they have provided buildings that were not being used with different provinces. The issue of Limbombo and the Northwest, there is an update. So the, the, the recommendations of the CGE uh, are, 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 are implemented and as the CGE, I don't think we 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 we, re, we necessarily want to see. Uh, of course, it would be ideal to see a hundred percent of our recommendations implemented. But we do take cognizance of the realities that we have as different entities with different responsibilities and challenges. So when we see implementation, for instance, 50% of our recommendations being implemented, we are encouraged that as a country, we do pay attention to recommendations of chapter nine institutions. 
And I think uh, I, I just addressed the issue of entities not being happy with the recommendations. Uh, I think this was one of the comments. Uh, I think it was Honorable Hasina um, in terms of our relationships with uh, the correctional service, uh, also the follow-up study, and how often we meet uh, with, with these entities. Uh, so generally, uh, when we release reports, we do present uh, and the, 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 the follow-up uh, reports where we've done follow-up with the shelters will show that. We do present to them, get a response, and then follow up should we need to follow up. So we don't do this and leave it there. And what informs what we follow up? Uh, it, it depends on what is in a particular investigation study and or a research study. So you draw priorities out of there. There are situations that need at attention as in now, and, and we will prioritize as such. Uh, of course, we are informed by other uh, information that we, we, we have in our work to, to say how we prioritize what we follow up. And this, I do know for sure that, and I indicated in my presentation that the shelter uh, report, the third, the 2021 report is not the last, because I know we already uh, uh, are, are intending to put it in our research agenda uh, 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 as a project. Um, and we, we do work with de various departments on various projects. For instance, we do hold hearings uh, with your SAPs, your correctional services. Our, our investigation reports, if you go back in history, um, we, we will be able to see that all the entities that we have engaged, both private and, and public. Uh, but speaking of the private and public, I want to quickly also address the issue of the homeless shelter in Pretoria, that it wasn't part of this study. And perhaps to also uh, get into the comment about why only the six. Uh, as I was presenting, I did indicate that in the CGE, we, we pretty much have one person for one function. So in the provinces, we have one researcher for the province, one legal uh, officer, one public education officer, and, uh, and so forth, with the heads of these departments at head office who supervise the, wor the work of the, of the provinces. So when it comes to sampling, I did indicate that uh, our capacity is limited, uh, and now as an institution, we, we 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 are having that discussion that it's about time that we really have a way of motivating for resources that will help us respond effectively uh, to our mandate because the mandate is is a mammoth one, uh, but the resources. Are, are, are really you cannot have one 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 per province when demand is so high and 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 I think having said that I will jump again I'm trying to 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 to, to respond uh, to the comments and questions in a way that relates to each other because this uh, uh, takes me back to honourable uh, Munyai's comments where he was asking do we agree 
that uh, uh, COVID has added a burden, the issue of uh, in-services in general. And yes, we do. Uh, as the CGE, we, we conducted studies uh, on the state of gender-based violence in the country during COVID comparing with the previous year. So there's no denying that as a country we know there has always been overcrowding uh, in prisons. And believe you me, I'm one of those who've been in those prisons back in the day. So uh, uh, what we are doing now, really, we are not, I think our approach as the commission is not to point a finger and say who is not doing what, but is to surface areas where we still need to work towards to improve. And as a chapter nine, that's that's what we are established to do. And this relates again to the issue of what are we going to do with this situation? Uh, and, and I think issues of the jurisdiction creeps in because our mandate limits us to monitoring, overseeing, reporting to parliament and say, this is what we are finding. And when we do this, uh, when you look at the correctional uh, services one where we did six centers, uh, the, the, what we are presenting uh, is, is not saying this is the picture in the whole country. Is, we're reporting on these and they give us a sense of what is happening in correctional services. I was uh, trying to, to, to draw common themes as I was going across the, the presentations. And for, for this particular study, uh, you can say the information, once it is replicable across the six uh, correctional services, you cannot say it, 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 it's something to pay attention to. And as the CGE was saying, this is what we found. And then as different duty bearers, we will be able to then look at whether this is countrywide or, 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 or it's just these six uh, uh, correctional services, because each entity has its limitations when it comes to resources that we cannot deny. And we, we all do the best that we can with what we have. And that's what I was trying to emphasize when I talked about the doctor who was praised uh, by inmates. Um, the issue of minimum standards uh, there is a lot of improvement in, in our follow-up reports. The, the issue of funding, uh, we, when uh, one of the follow-up, the two follow-up reports indicate a situation where, because we followed up on the previous uh, findings, you get uh, 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 facilities that says, oh, the, equi uh, the equitable uh, uh, distribution model is used for funding, but you don't get a document that shows how. And hence our emphasis on needs-based allocation of funds so that equity can happen. And I usually say if we fund uh, uh, using just a blanket approach, uh, what, you, the, the, what comes out of that is that those who have always been left behind, the status quo will remain because we are not deliberately targeting when we fund. And this is not denying that we have limited funding, but we are saying with those limited funding, we can try and redress the past. So that, that is basically what we are doing. And I, I, I hasten all the time to, 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 to present to honorable members, uh, honorable chair, that our approach, uh, it's not to blame. 
That's why when we see progress in the, in the implementation of our recommendation, we, we feel encouraged. Um, uh, the shortages, I think I've spoken to that. Uh, the, the issue of shortage is not uh, the, 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 the pay uh, grant. I know that that has improved uh, in the new reports. Uh, I know, what did they call it? The mothers, uh, mother, so sorry, I forgot the term, but it's some um, kind of grant for mothers that was increased from when we first did uh, the, 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 the study to when we followed up. And, and the last report, uh, that the amounts were increased, uh, 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 but we will get the detail uh, when we get to that. Um, the, I think I've responded to the issue of the relevance of the committee in this presentation, uh, the issue of grants pending, uh, one of the comments, Honorable Chair and members, that I was picking up, uh, I made those notes, and this happens a lot, uh, of obviously, as we present to, to committees, that um, we some of the questions that are posed, you find that they were not questions that formed part of the research questions. So the, these are we put them down so that when we follow up, we probe on those uh, on those questions that we didn't ask in the previous uh, 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 study. Um, I think um, I, Honorable Chair, uh, through you, if you allow me, uh, I, I may stop here and perhaps give my principals uh, uh, <laughs> an opportunity as well to respond. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. I already see one of them having raised their hands. I think Tamara is part of your uh, team. So yes. uh, you can guide as to who you want to speak from your team. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. Um, thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Um, yes, my name is Tamara. My surname is Matebula. I'm the Chairperson of the Commission for Gender Equality. Um, Honorable Chair and uh, Honorable Members, I would like to just quickly respond on um, key issues that were raised by Honorable Members. The first issue, Chair, that I would like to re uh, uh, respond to is the issue of um, uh, studies, whether there have been studies that have been conducted um, by CGE or by any other entity during COVID-19 period. Um, my answer here, Chairperson, and I think it's the question that was asked by Honorable um, Sukers, uh, the question here, Chairperson, is no, um, we haven't seen any study, we haven't conducted any study. However, Chair, there are studies that have been conducted previously, and these studies have really looked at, um, you know, why um, there was a, you know, um, a loss to follow up on patients who are getting antiretroviral treatment um, and there are some articles, I'm not going to mention the, the researchers or the research institution, and there are some articles, uh, Honorable Chair, that have been released. Uh, I will mention just 
three very quickly. Um, the first article was released. Can I, can I just interject for a short while? Just to remind you, we still have a sitting later, so I, will, I would think we would like to complete this by uh, 12 o'clock. Thanks. You may continue. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. I will be quick. So the first uh, article, Chair, was looking at um, patient-reported barriers and um, and uh, drivers of uh, adherence to or non-adherence to ARVs in South Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa. But the second one, Chair, was looking at the cost of using a patient tracer to reduce loss uh, to follow up. Um, and, and again, this is another article. The third article, uh, Chair, was a study that was looking at the impact of um, renotypic drug resistance testing on, and, uh, on, on, on those uh, clients. And it was looking at the therapy efficacy. Um, and But during COVID, uh, I think for the past two years, we haven't seen any study. However, we will keep our ears flat on the ground with regards to this. The second question, and I think that it was not a question, it was a concern raised by Dr. Susan from the Guayo. Uh, on the uh, small, um, uh, 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 um, I think it was um, a, a concern uh, raised on the fact that we have sampled very small uh, centers. And, and I fully agree with the to say that, yes, the sample was very, very small. And I think we have been asked about this sample in other portfolio committees, and we do take that consent. We note it, and I think the reason was given here, Dr. Tembequayo, that um, the, 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 I think the, the budget allocation sometimes are the uh, barriers in terms of us going wild and going wide uh, in terms of looking at other centers in the country. And what we normally do, uh, Honorable, is to really sample uh, what we can afford with the minimum uh, budget that we have. And then based on that sample, we, we, we sample and we, if we have other allocations in other financial years, yes, we can actually expand the sample or the samples uh, to look at other uh, centers in the year. But we do note that uh, it's really not really representing fully uh, the whole picture of what is happening in the country. Um, and we do take that concern uh, on board, Chair. The third area that I want to talk about, Chair, I think CEO has covered me. Yes, I have been personally to the Victoria uh, Center, and however, the study was not looking at, at that center at the time. But I think Dr. has raised a very important thing that uh, we can actually do uh, in terms of just looking at the center in Victoria and look at what is happening in that center in terms of absence of resources and the situation that the center is at. The fourth uh, comment that I want to make here is around um, uh, Honorable uh, Anna Gela, um, uh, around the binding recommendations and whether there is an expectation that we are having as the commission for gender equality on this particular com committee. Um, just to answer the second one, Chair, yes, I fully agree with uh, Honorable Gela, and I also really agree with uh, uh, Honorable, um, I will just remember the name just now, Chair, but I think the request and the recommendation that we are putting uh, to this portfolio committee, um, including Honorable Munyai, is that, Chair, yes, we would really love to um, have 
uh, or propose a joint sitting uh, of the committees. And I know that there were several committees that were mentioned, Chair, and uh, we fully agree that, uh, yes, if there could be a joint committees um, on health, social development, justice, correctional services, but also uh, women, uh, committee on women, youth, and, and persons with disabilities, uh, we would be happy to be invited to that joint sitting chair, and we would be happy to come and present uh, these reports and have a conversation around uh, our findings. And the findings, uh, Honorable Gela, we take them as binding. Uh, however, we still do uh, see that um, many of the partners and the stakeholders uh, still don't, do not take our recommendations and our findings as seriously as they are. I just want to, um, uh, again, Chair, with your permission, quickly, um, uh, you know, just uh, try and clarify a process that we follow within CGE in terms of why we do follow-ups on some of these uh, uh, study reports and why not follow up on certain reports. The, 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 the process that we have internally, Chair, is that with our research reports that we conduct, we conduct them based on the research agenda or the gaps that we identify on emerging issues or policy gaps uh, and what is uh, what are the trends uh, and also based on complaints received. And then we produce these reports and findings and recommendations which are binding. And then these are done to inform practice, to inform policy, and to really look at a systemic long-term identified issues that are gender related. And then we don't do follow-ups on our research reports. Instead, Chair, we present these reports for the uptake by departments, by partners, by also CGE internally in terms of our, our, our uh, other units like the PEI who will go out and conduct workshops with um, uh, officials, um, be it in prisons, or officials in municipalities. So there is an uptake uh, expected by um, those departments when we share the reports with them to take our recommendations and uh, a further HA. Whilst on the other hand, the investigative reports such as the shelter one, we do normally uh, uh, conduct uh, investigations. We produce a preliminary report, uh, which is the report that we have just uh, produced and reported here. And then we give the department two years uh, to implement the recommendations, both at a national and provincial level. And then after two years, Chair, we normally call them back, especially the head of departments and the HODs to come and appear before us and account on the progress that has been made in terms of our recommendations and our findings. And then we produce the final report that the CEO talked about that there is a 2021 a report that was a final report uh, that is tracking the recommendations, uh, how far and what progress has been done in this regard. I just want to pause there, Chair, and really thank you um, and your committee in terms of uh, inviting us here. We would be happy to be invited back um, uh, to come and have uh, interesting discussions with honorable members of this committee. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, I was getting a bit concerned there with our time constraints, but uh, we really appreciate you coming to do this presentation and also for your answering all of the questions which are raised by the wonderful members.
I read through your presentation, the question I was asking to myself is whether this was for the right uh, uh, committee uh, in terms of the referral. And I am still asking myself that question whether uh, this uh, particular report should have been with another committee. But I do like the, the uh, recommendation Chairperson, I think I picked up that you would like us to do the closing remarks, Chair. Yes, just a final remarks from yourself, and then I will make the closing remarks. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. Th thank you. Chair, um, um, the, the remarks from the Commission for Gender Equality is that um, the in terms of the nature and background of our investigations, uh, Chair, we are looking at key gendered issues from the shelter and from the prison perspectives. That's the reports that we have uh, uh, presented today. And Chair, I just want to say that uh, in general, what we are seeing as a trend is that there is a very slow uptake of the recommendations uh, by uh, some departments in terms of struggling to implement policies uh, in terms of looking at survivors of gender-based violence and prison conditions that are overwhelming at the current moment and, and before and during COVID-19 period, Chair. And we just want to emphasize the need 
for looking at the populations that are excluded, which is persons with disabilities, the LGBTIQA members, as well as poor gender mainstreaming within the public and private sector, as well as NGO sector pay. So I think uh, with these recommendations, we hope that uh, some of these findings and recommendations that we have put across uh, in this committee will be looked at there, and notwithstanding the fact that the chairperson uh, is agreeable at the proposal for a joint sitting. And on behalf of the Commission, I just want to take this opportunity to thank Commissioner Ngomadiseko, uh, who is with us, and Commissioner Rakolote, and thank you, CEO, for the presentation. And I just want to thank the honorable members, the chairperson for inviting us, and the honorable members for the questions and the concerns, including um, the recommendations made. Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, honorable members. That brings us to the end of our meeting. We will be looking at minutes next week in addition to what the uh, committee secretary has been able to arrange for us. I want to thank all of you. I want to thank our uh, CGE and their presenters. And I'd also like to thank our staff um, for this wonderful meeting. And we're looking forward to taking Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chair. Thanks for rolling. The recording stopped. Bye. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.